Welcome back to Black Mental Health. And now back to our program. I think I may have put brother to sleep. <laughs> may have to end it on that note. I'm feeling under the weather too. And it's late. It is, what time is it? It is 2.40 a.m. You're listening to Black Mental Health and Race. Oh, I didn't even know I was on, um, I didn't know I was on mute. That's probably why you couldn't hear me. I didn't even know I was on mute. Huh? I didn't even know I was oh, on mute. Oh, you heard everything I said? I thought you were sleeping. <laughs> No, bro, I heard anything you said. I was talking, and I didn't even know I was on mute. I looked at the phone, and the phone was on mute. I said, what the world? <laughs> yes, man. No, but, I, but, but in part, um, I, I, and I can't substantiate this, but I, um, I don't know that I think that Minister Farrakhan is, is, is running the nation of Islam um, right now in totality. Um, Myself, um, the same way with, with the Honorable Elijah Muhammad um, in his um, yielding ages. Um, his, you know, his sons um, were running the nation of Islam. Thus, um, speaks volumes to uh, while Malcolm and why the nation fell, you know, and why the division happened um, so drastically between Malcolm, the nation of Islam, and Muhammad Ali. Um, because towards the end of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad's death, um, he really wasn't in control. He was a face, but he really wasn't in control. And what we know now, um, we know that Minister Farrakhan is the face, but he's not, you know, mentally, um, he's not the and physically. Yeah, he, he's that, he's he's not that. Um, so, um. I think that, and but you said something that, and I was on mute, and I thought I was talking, but I wasn't, or I thought I was interrupting, but I wasn't. But um, <laughs> you, 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 you talked about um, going to war and allowing the younger generation, or and people like Dr. Khalid Muhammad um, to take leadership. You know, I think what I've learned in being in organizations um, in ways that I've never been in organizations. Um, hearing the minister talk about the war of Armageddon and being in the war of Armageddon, you know, it takes me to conversations with my grandmother who's 96 years old. <laughs> Right, and she's constantly talking to me, like she talked to me fifty years ago. Right, and she's constantly telling me about Jesus and about Jesus coming back. (laughs) Right, and about you know, you know, you know, the end of the world and going to heaven or going to hell, and. That shit just doesn't hold water with me like that. Mm. Right? And if it doesn't hold water with me, it sure as hell ain't holding water with my kids. Right? Mm. And, 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 and his generation. 
But mm. not only does, not only does it not hold water, but if you go back to the early nation of Islam before the nation of Islam divided with Malcolm, um, Father Law, Clarence Thirteen X, um, Salah Muhammad, with all of them breaking off and early nation of Islam speaking and five um, percent teachings of the world coming to an end and the white man's world coming to an end and people looking forward to that, right? All of that talk is not much different than what you hear the Confederates talk about, you know, mm-hmm. the South winning or the South losing or the South regaining. You know, it's, it's kind of all in the same vein. Mm. Right. And so what you if you're not careful, you know, it's a it's it's old adage thinking, old um holding on to old values and principles that don't work in modern day. Right? And so what what's happening is you see the South trying to rise again, you see these militant um Southern groups, you see these tiki torch people. It's it's no different to me, you know, right. on either side. They're both doing the same thing. You know, and all they're really doing is invoking fear, in my opinion. And mm. um it's what Donald you hear Donald Trump when he says stuff like make America great again. All that stuff is stroking flames and, you, you know, it's taking people back to a place where they want to go. Right. Mm. So it makes Muslims feel um, empowered and, oh, we're going to one day take over. You know, this is the time of Armageddon. This is the time of the white man. You know, it's over. It's that type of talk to me that, mm. in my opinion, it's talk that I've outlived his usefulness, right? Mm-hmm. In my in my opinion, when I hear people talking that type of talk, and when I'm looking at that age group of people that talk that type of talk, like I, when my grandmother talks like that, I want to get off the phone because I don't want to hear that Jesus talk, and I don't want to hear that <laughs> shit about you know him coming back, and I I just don't want to hear that, you know. Um, <laughs> when I look at her and her life, I don't see how he's been affected, right? And I don't see how he's been effective in our whole generation. And I don't see how he's been effective in the generation before her, you know, or the generation of slaves. You know, I I don't see that, right? And so I don't want to hear that because I don't feel like it's effective. And so the same way with Armageddon and reading in the Bible about Armageddon and, you know, and you know, because I feel like every day is an Armageddon. Every day is a trial and a tribute, you know, you know, tribulation, you know, if, if you're going to fight. But if not, I mean, you know, if you're going to talk about war, then you should have gave it to Dr. Khaled Muhammad. Hmm. You know, if 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 we're talking about, I I, I think we do ourselves a disservice as old people not letting young people take the torch. Mm. 
Because what, what happens, in my opinion, is they, they take it by default because they push your old ass out the way. Hmm. You know, and, and, and it's in every it, it's in everything we do. Right. And everything we do across. Livelihood. When you look at. Hip hop. The generation before hip hop was like, what the fuck is that? What are they doing? And the young people didn't give a fuck. They was like, this is how we see what we heard. This is what we mm. saw you guys do. This is our spin on it. Right? Mm. That's the 70s. I mean, that's the, the late 70s, the 80s. The 90s came in and said, this is what we see hip hop. And it didn't look like the 80s hip hop. Right? And so we went through the 90s. And then after the 90s, we had the 2000s. Right? And we said, damn, that's a different type of hip-hop. That shit ain't Biggie, it ain't Tupac. But you start hearing different people put their spin on it. And it looked different, it sound different. And then you get the 2010s and the 20s. And they're doing something completely different. And you say, oh, that ain't hip-hop, oh, that ain't hip-hop. And they're saying, fuck you. This is how <laughs> we hear it. This is how we mm. see it. And there's nothing your old ass can do. And if you don't fucking get out of their way, they run over you. Because mm. I don't, you can stay stuck in your dinosaur ways, but that shit is bumping. It's going to bump. Whether you bump it or not, they are going to bump it. And they're mm. going to make it pump. And it does. And all you can do is be stuck in your dinosaur ways about that ain't really music. Young people don't give a fuck that you feel like that. All you can do is be an old person playing your 70s music saying, ah, oh, young nigga, this music. And all you look like is an old nigga saying, yeah, this is you know, old yeah. They call us old <laughs> Right, and that's, and that's all you are to them. Because it's not relevant in the, it's not relevant in their world. And so <laughs> when I look at the young and the old politicians you know, and when I look at them in, in our era and in the era today, man, Jesse Jackson can't even hardly stand up. <laughs> you know, and I'm not saying that discouragingly, right? But what I'm saying is the old people that don't want to get out of the way, the young people are pushing them out of the way. Mm. And they, they, they are saying things, and it's not that their wisdom isn't there. It is there, but it's outliving its usefulness with them, and you're not using your wisdom properly with their knowledge. Mm -hmm. Because they have knowledge, but they don't have wisdom, mm -hmm. and you're not using your wisdom properly for them to gain understanding. And that's why God isn't being manifested. It's like giving you, not giving your grown children a seat at the table. Right. Because there was a conversation that was that's being had the other night. There was a conversation being had the other night when we were talking about the movie Fences. And it was mm -hmm. interesting 
Well, the perspectives fences with Denzel Washington and Viola, Viola Davis. Okay. <clears throat> and have, have you seen that movie? Yeah. Okay. So there was an episode in that movie where Denzel's son and Denzel was having a problem connecting. And Denzel's son wanted to play football. But he had a job at the school. And he came home and he was like, Dad, he was excited. You know, play football, blah, blah, blah. And Denzel said, you go back up there to that job and you tell Mr. So-and-so you want your job back. Playing football ain't gonna get you no ain't gonna get you nowhere in life. You know, I played baseball all my life. Look at me, look at where I am. It ain't get me this, it ain't get me that. You think you playing football will get you someplace? No, you go out and get you a job. And they came to Oz or one another. And the son looked at his dad and he said, Why don't you love me? And Benzel said in his role, who said I got to love you? I gave you your life. I feed you. I put clothes, you know, on your back. I give you a place of a shelter, you know, place to sleep. Who said I got to love you? That ain't, that ain't my responsibility. I ain't got to love you. And that was so critical to me because Denzel's old ways prevented him from growing to the next level, loving his son. Mm. And he died without his son ever knowing that he loved him. And so because his son didn't believe that his father ever loved him, his son didn't want to participate in his funeral. Right? Mm. And so what, what ended up happening was the only reason why the son ended up participating in the funeral was there was a daughter that he had outside the marriage that Viola ended up having to raise because the mama died in giving birth to that child. And Viola told Denzel, that child will have a mother, but you will no longer have a wife. Mm. Very powerful scenes all throughout that movie. Right. And, you know, and me watching it and assessing that. And, I, and it was brothers that I was sitting at the table with and they were saying. Yeah. That's the father. Right. And I was looking at them and I responded to them and I said. Yeah, but is that enough? Is it enough for you to tell your, your children, I'm your daddy, you should listen to me. Because what if your children look at you as daddy but don't see you as daddy? Mm -hmm. So they can't respect you as daddy. And if you are stuck in your ways of saying, son, I, I gave you life, you it is as bad as the old person that won't get out of the way and let the young person come up and be the person that they need and that they're trying to be. And if you right. look at the animal kingdom, bro, and I, I know you said we're going to close early, 
But I want you to look at the animal kingdom, right? And I want you to look at that young lion. I want you to look at that young elephant, that young zebra, that young giraffe. I want you to look at every dominant animal in the jungle, right? And watch them get old. And see what that young animal does. That young lion becomes a protector of that old lion. Mm -hmm. That old lion can no longer hunt. The young lion is now hunting for the old lion. Mm -hmm. And the old lion is eating the leftovers of what the young lion left for him. He don't even have the teeth and the bones to eat through the meat that the young lion does. Mm -hmm. It's deep, brother. It's it's what I asked ourselves at the beginning of this conversation. Um, who, Who are we? Um, you look at these situations that we find ourselves in and you have to ask yourself if we were confident in teaching the younger generations then we have to also be confident in letting them go They're going to make mistakes. But they have to be their mistakes. We have to be confident in letting letting them go and letting them find out for themselves. We don't want to do that, especially if it's something so precious as the nation or something so precious as the United States government. You don't want to put it in anybody's hands. But if you don't have the confidence that you've taught them well, then your legacy suffers anyway. If your goal was to not let your legacy suffer. So it's like... um, this topic was like fences for Farrakhan or how the nation of Islam is aging. You look at the security force that was with Minister Farrakhan, most of them also can't stand up for long periods of time. And you see Mustafa Muhammad is sitting down by his father. He's not standing up any longer. So the the whole nation is aging and we don't have the wherewithal because of the significance of the leadership and how outstanding a job they did. We don't have the boldness to say, hey, you have to step aside. The way they did it historically amongst the Greeks or Europeans the Byzantine Empire, the 
Ottoman Empire, the raids of the Huns, they did it by force. You had to kill out the whole senatorial section and everybody that was with them. We don't want to see that in the nation of Islam. But there is going to be this rift between then and now. And we have to figure out a way to weather that storm. Or things like the nation or the U.S. government will fade. But um, the U.S. government has a history that they follow of the Greeks and the Romans and the uh, Britons and the Germans that they can all look back on and say, hey, this happened, this happened. So if we, the reason that this um, government is so successful, even approaching their 500 years in government, is the fact that they have all of these lessons learned. Doesn't mean that America can't fall. It just means that they've got a lot of playbook history that they can go through to see how to avert crisis. We don't have that in the nation of Islam. We don't know how to avert crises like crises like the assassination of Malcolm X, the um, ostracization of um, Minister Khalid Muhammad. Um, uh, yeah, <clears throat> um, I don't. I don't, I don't uh, think they have the Ben Chavis. All yeah, these I don't, I don't, lessons we should learn. Yeah, and I don't think they have the resources or the wherewithal to do that. Um, but I, right. I know that America is very smart in mm. grooming the next generation. Mm. You don't even see the next generation. They just show up with their power <laughs> and their intellect. Mm. You know, in their, mil in their military the advancements that they're making. They're hundreds they of years, hundreds of years ahead of time. And you have no idea. They're grooming young mm. kids. And they aren't preventing them and they aren't stopping them with the information, with their resources, with their technology. They're constantly making sure they're ahead of the curve. They aren't doing that. They aren't bashful about moving old leadership to the side. Mm -hmm. And I think that we, I, I, I don't know, I, I'm not going to go into a whole other thing because it's getting late, but I think that what there's a whole new spin on um, the younger generation and letting the younger generation take lead. I think the problem is I don't have a problem with new generation taking lead. I have a problem with new generation taking lead 
without old generation giving leadership. I mm. have a problem with new generation telling old generation or older generation who they are. I don't think that you lived enough to know who you are. You don't have enough. You might have knowledge that older generation didn't have at your hands, but you don't have wisdom. You don't have experience. And there's something that you said. Right. And so knowledge protects itself. So no matter what you think you are, no matter what you think you know, you don't have enough experience to utilize the knowledge that you think that you have and you think that you know. So be humble enough to let wisdom teach you how to use your knowledge. Otherwise, you become self-destructive in the knowledge that you think that you have. think basically what we're saying tonight about being careful and um, there has to be a symbiotic relationship between the old and the young for the purpose of future generations. If there is no cohesion between the old and the young it would be ideal for us to have young men for war, old men for counsel. But, excuse me, if we find ourselves at odds with each other, young and old, neither one of us are going to, there is no future for any of us in that confrontational adversarial um, situation. So we have to find a way to have a meeting of the minds between young and old, a cohesion between the young and old. Um, And hopefully this discussion tonight brings you into that table of conversation to the conversation is about that's building that symbiose of um, cohesion, collectiveness, cooperation. But I'm going to leave it in the faithful and worthy hands of my brother, Dr. Moore, to land this plane, brother, before we go too far. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, yeah this is always a funny ending to the story um (laughs) no i i I, you know not that i think i have anything profound or deep to say um or anything that i've said has been profound or deep um but i think it's just eye-opening um, that I think we're in a place, we're in a very dangerous place 
with the younger generation and the older generation um, in terms of knowing who we are. Um, I think my generation, um, a lot of people in my generation never learned who they were. They um, experienced a lot of things from the generation before them. And the generation before them didn't teach a lot of them ac accurately. So they just didn't know. This, and so they never were comfortable. So the generation of the 80s, 70s, and 80s, um, they were in the mix of a lot of changes where um, middle-class Black America was starting to grow and it was starting to be something new. And so those parents of the 70s children and 80s children wanted to protect them from what they went through in the 60s so they didn't give them a lot of information. So a lot of them didn't have the information. And then that generation had kids of the 80s and the 90s. Unfortunately, that generation of the 70s and 80s were better off because their parents were becoming middle-class, mainstream Black America. But when those kids of the 70s and 80s had kids, the crack epidemic, epidemic came in. And so you had a lot of kids that were born in that era of the 90s that were children of that era. Addicted Those children, Yeah. Those children are now parents today. And they're, and they're raising children who are now telling them who they are. And those children don't even know who they are. But they're telling them, I'm not a boy. I'm not a girl. I'm not this. I'm not what I was born as. I'm, I'm this. I'm that. There's a there's a lot of confusion I feel like that's happening. And the problem is the parents don't know how to tell them different. Mm. And the parents don't know how to teach them different. Mm. There's been so much mis misteaching that people are scared to teach what they know and what they don't know. Mm. And so you have the younger generation now that are saying, well, we'll teach. We'll teach what we even don't know. To teach ourselves. The only generation we see that don't see, the only generation that we see that not happening with is animals. You don't ever have a fish trying to be a lion. Mm. You don't ever have a lion trying to be a fish. <laughs> you don't ever have a, a bear trying to be a dog. I don't care what part of the jungle you go to, every animal in the jungle is trying to be what they are. It, the, it, what's crazy about it, if you leave the animals alone, they'll be who they are. But the people who are confused about who they are are now confusing the animals, right? So they're putting the animals in the zoos, 
they're putting the animals in their house and they're domesticating the animals, making the animals what they want to make the animals, not what the animals really are. Because mm. they don't really know who they are. So they're making the animals a human being. They're dressing them up, putting them on clothes, giving them milk bottles. I just, Until they snap. <laughs> it, it, it is the most insane shit. It's almost like you live in, in a bizarro world. <laughs> so that's it. That's all, bro. Well, one day we have to have a meeting of the mind with our younger selves. They are a mirror of us. I don't know if we can trust them, but we may not have any other choice. Because we'll be gone and they'll still be lost. So we either trust them and trust what we were able to accomplish with them in our experience as we had to trust what our fathers and mothers did for us. I want to give a reminder that uh, this is Women's History Month. There are um, a lot of things to be celebrated about women. Find one of your own. Um, the venerated position to be a woman and let that be your light. Um, so much more that we could talk about tonight, but um, I'm a bit under the weather and we are at the one minute and one hour and 30 minute mark. I think we're going to leave it there. I don't know what I'm going to entitle this, brother, but um, it might not make a lot of people happy. <laughs> well, conversations about new generations, bro. New generation. That is what I'll call it. Yeah. Uh, we hope that um, you are granted the light of understanding and that um, there is no misunderstanding in conversations of peace. Peace. May the universe uh, bless you to understand. Peace to the universe. Peace to God. Over, brother. I want you to understand and know 